Now begins the real chaos. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Baker. And I'm co-host, Graham Moran. And making it easy. Anywhere you need to find us, we'll be there. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us. Tree City. Tree never falling. never falling. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Baker. With, with that's my co-host, Graham Moan, in the background. Yeah. Graham is excited because it is time to talk about the Browns. Football. We probably should have had a Browns podcast already by now, but it's just hard for me to get too excited about football until we've at least had a preseason game. We did have a preseason game. Exactly. And we're here. Yeah. And here we are. You know, you can talk so much about all these things at camp, and it's just, who cares? Let's play a yeah. game, and we'll see what happens. Anyways, we are talking Browns. Uh, you know, the Browns have played a preseason game, as mentioned. I don't think there's a whole lot of definitive conclusions we can draw about the team yet, but there's definitely a lot of things that are starting to develop. And There's a know, lot of upward trajectory. Yeah, you're kind of starting to see, you know, what the team could look like this season. And, hey, Bud Light just installed... Beer, beer storage uh, that will open automatically when the Browns win a game in a bar. And you know what? I got a pretty good feeling those are going to open at least once this year. I want to go. I want to go to one of those. That'd be fun. Uh, free beer. It's terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible beer. It's Bud Light, but, but you know, it's free it and presumably free. cold. So I'm, there's a lot of talent with the Browns this year. I think you can see it. It's really apparent in just uh, watching some of the practice. And highlights like some of the training camp things than seeing the preseason game like there's just a lot more polish on the Browns I think part of that has to do with just getting more veteran talent that they have they don't have as much young guys anymore but the young guys they do have are really electrifying like David Njoku and Antonio Callaway they've really been amazing and then adding in a good quarterback and Tyrod Taylor is he a top 10 quarterback in the league no but is he Alex Smith before Alex Smith's breakout year last year yeah plus add in his legs and his ability to create on third downs. At and Todd Haley, like the offense looks at least very competent now. The defense is looking great now too. Well, let's be honest. Competent is a really solid goal for the Browns. To and we meet. have a good o- offensive coordinator too. We have Todd Haley. I mean, if the Browns are competent this year, it's going to be better than they've been for most of their recent history. So I'd take it. Looking at a couple of things that have been going on over training camp. Hard Knocks has been around filming everything, which for those who don't know yeah. is an HBO show that basically puts out an hour every week about whichever team they're covering. If you're interested, it's you don't supposed have to it. be kind of raw, unfiltered, that type of thing. You know, a lot of Hugh Jackson yelling, a lot of assistant coaches cussing each other, a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh. a lot of just nonsense like that. A lot of uh, Jarvis Landry yelling at everybody because you know he's a leader and all that. It's entertaining, I'd say, for sure. I don't think Hard Knocks has really given us a lot of... I mean, it's only been one episode so far. I've liked a lot of the moments so far, though. Yeah. Like, with uh, Hugh Jackson pulling over Baker Mayfield, like, talking about him at practice, like, asking when he's getting in, and he's like, well, when's five get in? Which is Tyrod Taylor. And he's like, oh, he's... Why don't you come in with him? And, like, why not get your own routine going? Like, I think it's... you You want to make sure you're getting the rookies acclimated to playing in the league and we have a lot of good ones this year this draft class is going to bring a lot of talent and potential starters uh, either this year or down the in the next year or so so i mean that's a good moment for hugh and then there's also jarvis landry like you said his speech was a uh, very ex- expletive filled so i'm not gonna 
try to quote it, but it was a good way to just show that there can be a the players are trying to inst- help instill a culture here and, and Hugh Jackson. I don't know if he'll, he'll be successful, but I think with him and the two elite offensive and the offensive and defensive assistance he has, I think the Browns could have a pretty good chance. Yeah, Hard Knocks has been interesting. Like I said, it's only one episode so far. There's one more coming out tonight, which will most likely be out by the time you listen to this podcast. They come out on two days. Another big point that has been a large focus of training camp for the Browns has been the lack of Josh Gordon. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe why Josh Gordon's not around. I guess it's like a personal sabbatical, you could say. I think he's I mean, obviously we all, health to be right. I mean, we all know that Josh Gordon has been battling, you know, a lot of addiction. mental health issues, addiction, assuming anxiety, depression, those type of things. So, you know, and with Hard Knocks in, I'm not sure that Hard Knocks is – you know, the proper environment for a guy like him. I, I think, think that's a big thing, too. I, I will say that um, Zach Jackson, who's the Browns reporter for The Athletic, basically said that anyone who says that the reason Josh Gordon is around is because of hard knocks is basically, you know, just grasping for straws and doesn't know what they're talking about. So I don't think this is just a situation where they're like, oh, let's just not have him on camera because, again, he's – We've played a preseason game. He hasn't played. So I think clearly this is a bigger issue than just something like that for Josh Gordon. You know, I don't know Josh Gordon, and I don't know what's going on in his head, and I don't think anybody does. I'm not going to say that we should just cast him off because of this, but we all know the history that Josh Gordon has with the Browns, and I think mental health is an incredibly difficult thing to live your life through, much less go to work through, much less go to work in such an environment like the NFL where, you know, it's all eyes on you and it's, you know, a lot going on, a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I do know that if Josh Gordon's not around, the Browns receiving core is, uh, you know, it's a little lacking. That's why Des Bryant's coming in to visit with the Browns this upcoming week after all the social media interactions and him with Jarvis Landry. So I mean, it'd be clear that if he came, at least Jarvis Landry would he he would have as a teammate. So maybe that would help calm him down in some areas. Because in the same way, they are sort of cut from the same cloth in how they act and how they are. Jarvis Landry's kind of establishing himself as the leader of the uh, offensive players in terms of the skill position. And by guys. leader, you mean the guy that yells at everybody? Yes. Well, I mean he he also. I know just, what you mean, though. Yeah. You're right. And like he's talented. He's young enough that he he's only 25. So he it's not like he's the old veteran just preaching at them too. Joe like, Thomas is gone. Someone there's got to be people that step up. I think Joel Batonio is doing that. Yeah, and I think Terod Taylor for sure. Yeah, I mean Terod Taylor. That's why I think I'm excited for this year. Is Baker Mayfield has a lot of excitement things, and we all know he's going to be the future starting quarterback. quarterback. Talk. He'll be the future starting quarterback. He's number one overall pick. Whether it's next year or who knows what happens with Tyrod Taylor, which, by the way, is how you say it, Tyrod. Yeah, apparently Tyrod. everyone's been saying Tyrod, and apparently that's been wrong. This is so, from Joel Batonio, and I trust that guy. Tyrod. Just like, just like Tyron Lou, everyone says Tyron. Yeah. Anyways. But, I mean, having Tyrod Taylor as our quarterback. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about the quarterback situation now. Yeah. What are you, what's your opinion of the way the Browns have handled it so far, and what's your opinion on who plays this year and how much? I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a stretch to say that Tyrod starts the could start the whole season, especially if the Browns are a 
unless they're like really going downhill, I think the Browns are trying to win as many games as they can this year. Hugh Jackson's trying to save his job. Yeah, so the Browns have the talent to be a potential like seven-win team. I think if things go the go the way in their favor, maybe gasps. Maybe get to seven eight. Seven wins? But eight would be a stretch. I'd say seven is probably their ceiling. They're probably more likely going to win five or six. But maybe later in the year, if we're like three and ten, they're like, you know what? Let's just give Baker the last like five games of the year to show what he Look, can do. Look, man, you're coming off 0-16. If you win five or six games, you got to consider it a victory, let's be honest. Yeah, and I mean, you have, unless Taylor does anything to not lose the job and he plays well and the offense is moving efficiently i don't think they're they should try to rush baker mayfield we know he's the future we know this could be just a one-year thing but i think that'll help mayfield in the long run because rookies never get to sit and especially nowadays with the way that college offenses are ran they're not going to be ready unless you add in a lot of those concepts to their offense and we saw that with robert griffin the third one year and then he couldn't grasp the rest of the playbook i'm not saying baker couldn't but I just think making sure you have a good, solid veteran that can put, that's also productive but can help Baker Mayfield, it's a win-win situation because you have your future, but then you can also try to compete now. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, before the season, we both said that we liked Tyrod Taylor coming in because it meant that Baker Mayfield could sit for a whole year. And I've wanted him for a year. Yeah, I, I mean, my opinion hasn't changed, obviously. I think that, like you said, it's so rare for, you know, young quarterbacks to actually get to sit for an extended period, especially when you're the Browns and you're just throwing them the dogs year in and year out. Um, you know, I have a couple thoughts about the situation. I think number one, like I said, I'm still comfortable with what they're doing now and the way they're planning it out. I'll also say that if the Browns are three and 10 and you want to get Baker Mayfield some experience at that time, I understand that. But if the Browns are 3-10, and 10, that means the team sucks. And I think the Browns may be better served, depending on injuries and the personnel around him. Let's say the offensive line doesn't gel. Let's say Josh Gordon doesn't come back. Let's say the rest of the receiving core doesn't step up. Let's say David Njoku, you know, his hands issues keep happening. You, you know, I don't. I think the Browns have to be careful about playing Baker Mayfield at some point just to say they're playing him at some point. And I think it has to be the right situation for him. Now, that said, Baker Mayfield was the most quarterback-ready prospect in this draft. Yes. And he was drafted number one overall. And by all accounts, he's been... Pretty, pretty impressive so far in camp. And in the preseason and the, game. In the preseason game one, he looks pretty good. And, you know, preseason games, especially against backups, there's not a lot you can glean from it. But, look, a lot of these Browns quarterbacks in the past, in the preseason, they've looked like crap, and that's what they ended up being. At least he's looked good for now. But I think you just like some of the motions and stuff that he does, like the things he does as a quarterback that make you think he can be successful. Like, he had those positions where he always was looking to throw the ball, really. He, you never Even on his third down runs, you never saw him, like, really looking to run. He's always looking downfield. He's always trying to make his progressions. He escapes the pocket well. He has a good awareness of that. But he also does a good job stepping up into the pocket, and he did that on his touchdown to David Njoku. He delivered a strike to the, in the back of the end zone to him, staying in the pocket, and then eventually just rolling a little bit to the right and throwing and then 
like having those the legs. He, is he the fastest quarterback in the league? No, but he has enough legs to get him first key first downs, and I think that's a big thing. Yeah, so you're right, and Baker Mayfield's accuracy has been superb. Yeah, which I think his other touchdown was. I a think great throw and a other slam. than other than probably game recognition and awareness, I think accuracy is the most important thing for an NFL quarterback for sure. And I, like I said, you know, I'm not a quarterback expert, but the people that are quarterback experts have all said that Baker Mayfield is looking really, really good. And even Hugh Jackson himself said that, you know, in camp at one point, he said that Baker Mayfield exceeded all their expectations. Now, you know, that got a lot of – look, we all know Browns fans are always ready for, quote-unquote, the guy to take over at quarterback. Yeah. And oftentimes, since or actually pretty much every time since 99, that guy's been a dud. And I, I just, you don't want to rush Baker, and I don't think the Browns are rushing it, and they're saying there's no competition, there's no competition. And a lot of people have said, why not have a competition to at least see what happens? But I think they're playing this the correct way. That said, I have a question for you right now. Let's say you're Hugh Jackson, you're coaching for your life. If the Browns go 2-14, and 3-13 and 13 this year, Hugh Jackson ain't sticking around for another year. No. So, right now... Who gives you a better chance to win games this season? Terod Taylor or Baker Mayfield? Taylor, obviously. There's no question in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of question in a lot of people's minds, and I'm not necessarily saying that anyone's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's an interesting question because where we're sitting, we're saying you got to sit him, let him learn under Taylor. That's a great thing. But if you're Hugh Jackson, you're saying, I got one more year unless I start winning some football games. The pressure could be on him to make that change at some point. I just hope that the Browns are good enough early in the season that it doesn't have to happen. Yeah, I mean, if they're bad early in the season, then we'll have an interim coach probably by midway through the year because Hugh Jackson, after going one and thirty-one in two years, has a pretty—I feel like—has a pretty short leash. One and thirty-one ain't great. He definitely has the hottest seat of any of the NFL coaches right now, because but at the same time. All he has to do is just rise this team up to be a five- or six-win team, and it really isn't that big of a stretch that he would keep his job as long as the team's looking competent in areas and they're just needing to work on the finer things. Having Terod Taylor as your quarterback allows you to stabilize and I feel like have a better chance keeping your job. Baker is the is the wild card. You don't know what he was going to be. He could be Russell Wilson. He could be that quarterback that outperforms people, all expectations, and becomes a top quarterback in the league pretty early. Or you could really ruin him with, depending on how the season's going, the lack of weapons that might be there. The offensive line, like you said, maybe hasn't gelled. So the running game hasn't stepped up. So he's having to do everything himself. That's just another situation that we had last year with Sean Kaiser. Yeah, so the quarterback debate is going to be raging on all year. Uh, Hopefully, my hope is that Terod Taylor and the Browns play well enough that it kind of quiets down for a while. And I want but, I want Taylor to play well too because I like Taylor. I've always liked watching him play. He he doesn't turn the ball over Browns fans, so you don't have to worry about him throwing stupid interceptions like we've seen for so many. What's of the What's the latest you can possibly see Baker Mayfield starting? His first game in the NFL, probably like week ten or or, le- or like I, we have a late bye week this year. I think I think, like I think there's 11. a chance it's week one next year, and I hope it's week one. I next want year. it to be week one next year. But I, well, ideally, what happens is 
Taylor plays the full year, we go like ideally. What happens is the Browns win the freaking Super Bowl, anyways. But in a real world, where the Browns Uh, six wins would be great. Six or seven wins with Taylor. Uh, Seven. uh, I think seven is attainable, uh, depending on how they play to start the year. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, having Taylor there. The AFC North is old. I'll give you that. He can play a full year. He will. He could throw for three that like thirty five hundred yards, like twenty two touchdowns, and like five interceptions, and probably run for another four or five. That would be pretty good. I feel. I mean, that's. But those are normal statistics for him. Yeah. Like that's if if we just get normal to Rod Taylor plus added weapons. If a Josh Gordon comes back with Antonio Callaway, he seems like he's going to be okay with his court issue happening. And uh, Jarvis Landry. That's a, that's a good transition. Yeah. Is Antonio Callaway. And we talked about Josh Gordon. So we have no idea. I think the Browns expect Josh Gordon to come back. And he even texted Hugh Jackson saying that he'd be back soon. Right, but we have no idea. So looking at the the rest of the Browns' skill position, I think running back the Browns are set to be average, possibly above average. Carlos Hyde, we kind of know what he is. He's an above-average running back when healthy, not often healthy. But he knows Duke, how to run out of the gun, so he'll be, right. he's effective in that. Duke Johnson is a really, really good pass catching. Probably catch fifty passes. Yeah, and you know Browns have locked him up long term. Probably have he'll probably have hundred to fifty touches. I don't this think year. we really know what Nick Chubb is yet, and that's to be expected for a rookie. Yeah, I but, think he'll start seeing work later in the year. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially whenever or if Hyde and Evelyn gets, gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, if you're looking at the rest of the Browns' skill position. I think I think t- if Josh Gordon doesn't come back, the Browns are really going to need Njoku. David Njoku to, to have a, a big year, have to catch like or they're going to need Des Bryant to come into camp and have a big year, or at least a decent year. I don't know. I mean, Antonio Callaway starting right now, and he's a guy who, you know, he's considered relatively raw. I mean, he's got a lot of talent, but he's also got... He's already had issues. I mean, but they said on and, talent he and, was probably a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, so, yeah. I think... It's all about his issues. He was found uh, in Ohio with his car that he had just gotten shipped up from Florida. This is his story. And he was pulled over by the police, and there was a little bit of marijuana, which he was suspended for all of 2017 from Florida for, for testing positive. Along with that, he had gun straps in the car and ammo, but no gun. And his story is that it was his brother used the car when he was in Florida and that he didn't know that stuff was there. So he got pulled over by the police. They didn't really like the fact that they had to do it. There's even audio of it on their dash cam saying that it's a shame they had to t- ticket him. But they also said that thing they could pro- this could probably go away pretty easily. So yeah, that's all well and good. Um, and I think it's a likely story. And I think there's a good chance that it's, uh, that that's the real story of what actually happened. And if but so, there is that's a lot fine. Of questions. But the questions for me are. I really want to avoid sounding like the old white guy on a couch, okay? But first of all, you're out at 3 a.m. You say he's coming back from a friend's. Yeah, okay. You're out at 3 a.m. Second of all, you didn't tell the team that happened. Yeah. The team found out when everybody else found out. You know, and I just hope that a lot of this ends up as an immaturity thing he can grow out of as opposed to character flaws. Because if these are character flaws and it keeps springing up, dude's not going to be on the Browns soon. Because he was a fourth-round pick. And I, obviously the Browns have a need at that position. And he was only a fourth-round pick because of his character issues. Yeah. I mean, I, and I get it, you know, and 
which the Browns have started to do in the last few years, taking yeah. chances on players with character risks. I just, you know, we'll see. And I, and even if he does stay clean the rest of the, you know, the preseason and into the season, I'm not really sure he's ready to be an NFL starting receiver. I think he can be our third guy, though. I just think the entire skill position, the way it's all the skill positions, the way they've been built, just depends on Josh Gordon being here. Because if Josh Gordon, if Josh Gordon's here, this could be a top. You've got um, you've got offense. you've got your monster receiver. You've got Jarvis Landry set up to be your slot guy. Callaway can kind of fit in here. Yeah, he can fit in here. You've got David Njoku, who's you know a, a really solid tight end option. Hopefully, game. but if Josh Gordon's not catcher. here, then you don't really have a good receiver on the outside because Jarvis Landry's not really an outside receiver. And that's where the idea of Des Bryant comes in because Des Bryant. What, think, well, what are your thoughts about Des Bryant? I think if he came in here, like at this point, like. I think having Jarvis Landry on the team would help with his just personality, like blow-ups that he has sometimes, or just like his blow-ups that he has on the sidelines. I think having a calming, like both a friend and an influence on the team, like Landry and someone that also just gets their job done without doing that, but also they're very close with each other. Like, I think that'd be a I think it could definitely help the Browns because I think on the field he's still a 50 to 60. He can catch at least 50 to 55 receptions, maybe 60, and maybe even more depending on how he does during the year. If he can win those separate, if he can get separation, which he's struggling with now, but Dude, is Des Bryant still good? I think he's still an above average starting wide receiver in the NFL. All right. I think as a number two, he, you wish you had someone different, but for a year, he could be a good stopgap number two. Yeah. I think he's, you know, I think in terms of, if Josh Gordon doesn't and another come, red zone threat. If Josh Gordon doesn't come back and you got to break the glass, then I think Des Bryant is a decent option. My concerns with Des Bryant are a like, like you said, the past two years he hasn't really been that good, and b the character issues with him are a big deal. Where he's demanded the ball, he's thrown tantrums. He has the Cowboys literally had to have someone hired just to follow him around and make sure he didn't do dumb shit. Okay. It worked. Yeah, I hear you, but. I don't know. I just am not. I'm not convinced that Des Bryant's the right type of person to bring into this environment. And what you're saying about Jarvis Landry is correct, but Des Bryant's a lot older, older than Jarvis Landry. He's been around a lot longer. Hugh Jackson is on the hot seat. A guy like Anto- another reason to bring in a veteran. A guy like Antonio Callaway is on the team. I just think I, I'm not sure if Josh Gordon's going to be here. I absolutely think there's no place for Des Bryant in the team. I don't think the risk outweighs the reward in any sense for him because he's not going to get enough touches. He's not going to get enough play to make him happy. If Josh Gordon's gone, you got to have someone that can play on the outside. And I'm okay with Des Bryant. They just got to be careful about the way they go about the situation. You know, a lot of this offense depends on Josh Gordon being in there to function as it's supposed to. So we're going to see. There's not a lot else we can say about it because we don't know. Yeah. If Josh Gordon's back, I think the Browns have a really solid offense. If he's not... People are gonna have to fill in, and someone's gonna have to step up at receiver. Najoku's gonna have to have a bigger tight end. Duke playing slot sometimes. Like, Again, that's slot though. That's fine, but Browns don't have a lot of talent on the outside. Callaway and Jar- yeah. Galloway. I think Callaway could have a pretty good rookie year. Honestly, I think he's very talented. I really think it's just off-field stuff he has to worry about. But I think if he stays on the right path and they get this situated, and he's doing okay in the locker room. He can very much have a very impactful rookie year, kind of almost like a Juju Smith to me. I feel like he has that type of talent and ability to have that impact. 
So I agree that there's definitely a lot of risk right now because without Josh Gordon, obviously when your best receiver's gone, especially one who, when he's mind's right, was a top, what, three receiver in the NFL, it was like Julio, Calvin Johnson, and Josh Gordon. That was the list. Pretty much. Like, if he's back, that changes your entire offense because the way he pulls people away from him, that'll give Jarvis Landry one-on-ones both outside and inside. And when Hollywood Higgins comes in, who's been pressing in camp, doing that. And then Antonio Callaway can game, come in with game-breaking speed or they can run screens for him or run slants and he can use his quickness. Like, the Browns' offense could be a top 12 offense in the NFL, I think, if Josh Gordon comes back and they're on their game. We will see. Um, the defense is shaping up to be... They're going to be good. The defense has... The defense, in, in a lot of ways, is kind of like the offense, where they've got a lot of talent, but they've also got a lot of spots that you can kind of look at and say, well, I'm not really sure we have an NFL good starter here. And, and you know, I don't know how you feel about the Browns coaching staff, but, you know... I like Greg Williams. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... Greg Williams... I just... The problem I have with Greg Williams is that he plays... It seems like last year, he allowed every team they played to have five to eight yards every single play. And I'm hoping that's just because he didn't have talent at cornerback. And I'm hoping that now that he has Denzel Ward and some other guys... Plus maybe a full season of Miles Garrett. And, and, and yeah, the pass rush can be better with Garrett and Agba actually healthy. Those and guys together are electric. I can see a world where the Browns have Garrett Nogba tearing it up. They've got a lot of guys that can play inside to pass, rush the passer as well. Yeah, Brantley can do a little bit of pass rushing. Yeah, you know, Ogunjobi looks good in that sense as well. And maybe Denzel Ward's number one corner off the bat. Maybe Jabril Peppers finally looks good since he's playing his natural I think position. he'll look way Maybe better. Demarius Randall can be a ball hawk. I just think that a lot of these things are possible, but far from definitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the players you know that I think are going to put up numbers this year or at least be, have impact is Miles Garrett's, as long as he plays 14-plus games, I think he'll have 12 sacks. Like, he's 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 been getting he's been getting through every left tackle, which is not saying much at the Browns at camp, but he had seven sacks last year in limited playing time with an ankle and high ankle sprain. So, and still played pretty well in the run defense as the year went on. When he first came in, he struggled, but... Miles Garrett has potential to be one of the best pass rushers in the league, and I think you can start seeing that this year. And then Ogba, great run defender, and he's a great pass rusher. He's a pretty good pass rusher. He's a good – if he can get eight sacks a year for the Browns, he'll be a, a really good secondary pass rusher to Miles Garrett. So that's part of the reason why they felt like they didn't have to draft Bradley Chubb in this past year's draft while they drafted Denzel Ward instead. But uh, I think a lot of these new – I think we added a lot of talent to the new players, but – Andrew is right. It's hard without the definitive reasons other than Miles Garrett. I think Ogba. Kirksey, underrated. Like, we were talking about this. Like, Yeah, I feel like Kirksey's kind of slept on. Like, I don't know. His Madden rating was like 78, which... He should be like an 83. Seems like kind of an insult. And I feel like he's kind of just the leader of the defense. And I don't feel like a lot of people talk about him. You know, I think... To mention other linebackers, you know, Joe Schober, I think, is probably average to above average at middle linebacker. And maybe that's me insulting him considering he made a Pro Bowl I mean, last he season. He doesn't play in the nickel package. Right. So if they want to play three linebackers in a nickel package, that's where Michael Kendricks, the new signing from the Eagles, will come in. 
he'll come in and play linebacker for them. Schobert's a good first and second down run stuffer, though, and he can has enough short area quickness that he can do it in space early on, but in third down passing situations, that's when you have a Kendricks in. So I think Schobert is I think Schobert can be good in his role. Kirksey is underrated, and then it's really just Jamie Collins. Like he hasn't been the same player. I feel like Jamie Collins got old as soon as the Browns traded for him. And as soon as he signed that big fat deal. Jamie Collins is like that guy in your fantasy league where every time someone trades with him, it doesn't work out and you get upset and that that team wins every year. Wait, that's me. Anyways. Uh, yeah, in one sport. In fantasy baseball, that's right. Um, I don't know. I, I You know, I was nervous about them trading for a P- Patriots player in the first place. So... I do feel like Jamie Collins is aged kind of like a lot. Players. Hey, look, you know what? Jamie Collins got a lot of money left on his Browns contract. Yeah, I don't think so. they can get out of it until after this year. I think after this year there's an opt-out opportunity because this would be the third year of the five-year deal. There's nothing wrong with having depth, though. Yeah. And nothing I mean, wrong with having depth and versatility. Uh, but I think, I think the, a big question about the Browns' defense, I think Denzel Ward looks good. And I think I think at I think, worst he can cover in his prime he'll be able to cover number twos, but in his best he could be like a Jason Barrett from the Chargers, like undersized but like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He has yeah, that. Talent. I think he's looking good, and I think, you know, ideally he wouldn't be your number one this year, but I think you can live with it. My question is, It'll give him Terrence Mitchell, EJ Gaines, TJ Carey, are any of those guys going to step up and be a reliable number two corner? Because the Browns have a lot of options right now at corner, but I don't think they have a lot of, you know. A lot of certainty. Yeah, I mean, I think you could make a case for both TJ Carey and EJ Gaines. EJ Gaines has had experience starting outside corner for Greg Williams in the past when he played for the Rams. He was okay there, though, so that's where that connection just kind of gets a little fuzzy for me. He's not a bad corner, but he's coming off an injury. He's injury prone. And TJ Carey, we signed for a pretty decent money, four years, 30, like one and a half, I believe. But uh, he can play – he's played outside corner for the Raiders last year. He was pretty good. He was their best corner. And right now, Terrence Mitchell is starting. They're, and they're rotating a lot of people too. Like Terrence Mitchell is it this week. They've had other people other weeks. Terrence Mitchell was signed over from the Chiefs, uh, John Dorsey signing. I thought he was really going to be more of a depth signing, but he's been playing pretty well so far in camp, and he's young as well. So I think it'll end up being TJ Carey, and then uh, Gaines and Mitchell will – split time in the slot, but that sucks for me because that takes away Breon Bowdy Calhoun, who they have now listed at safety. It's like, I think the uh, corner, but I think the corners for the Browns will at least be uh, average, and I think that could be good for them because I think they have a good front that'll help them in the run game. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think a lot of these conversations we've had can be summed up by saying, well, Browns are a really, really young football team. There's a lot of talent across the roster. There's a lot of question marks across the roster. They've been complete trash for a couple years now. And, hey, let's be honest, for 20 years now. Um, I don't know if Hugh Jackson's a competent NFL head coach. No this, one does. This, this year is his chance to prove that now that he's actually got some talent. I think the most interesting things to watch – you know, for the remainder of the preseason, they're going to be, does, skill, does any skill position player step up? Does Najoku look like he's ready for a breakout? Does Callaway look like he's a real NFL starter off the bat? Obviously, Josh Gordon's a big question there. Does the offensive line start to gel, which is something we didn't really address today, but, you know, we, we have plenty of more preseason to talk about. 
you know, Joel Batonio starting left tackle now that Joe Thomas is gone. Yeah. And I think did, did any of the young defensive players step up that haven't really that are getting an opportunity? You know, we just mentioned all the corners. So we'll see. Okunjobi. Yeah. We didn't mention him. We we didn't even like the defensive interior stuff. Apparently, uh, Jonathan Hankins, former Ohio State player, coming in to visit. So he'd be a good addition for the Browns as a good as a solid starting defensive tackle that can handle the run responsibilities. And that's where Larry Okunjobi, who we drafted last year out of uh, Charlotte in the third round, has the breakout potential to be a really good three technique or a good pass rushing interior defensive lineman. So I think that's a big that's a one of the concerns going into into the rest of the year, but there's a lot of promise with this team. I think they just need like one or two more signings and maybe the interior defensive line and maybe in the wide receiver department and they could be strong. We'll find out a lot to watch the rest of preseason, a lot of talent, a lot of players that could step up. We'll find out if any of them can do it. We'll be back soon, certainly with more Browns talk as the season approaches. Once the season is actually you know, kind of gets rolling here, the real NFL season. We plan on having you and I talk Browns at least, you know, once a week. Yeah. We also plan on you, Graham, your, your, your Graham. Yeah. You. Yeah, me, Graham. Uh, yeah, you, Graham. <laughs> you, uh, Olam's going to be on to talk yeah. some general NFL. I'm sure, you know, he's going to enjoy being a Packers fan as usual since he only picks teams that are good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Just forget about that one. Um, Graham and Olam are going to be on to talk some football as well, general NFL news. At some point, we're going to have all three of us on together. Yeah, we, we talked about it on the Red and Blue Yeah, I heard it. Too. The schedule's got to coalesce. There has to be things we want to talk about. It'll happen. But we do plan on having a lot of NFL content this season, especially since, one more time, I cannot talk about MLB or the Indians at all. But, TreeCityRecords.com. My Twitter is at ABaker underscore sports. Graham's Twitter is at G-T-M-O-H-I-N. Follow us. Check out the website. We really appreciate it. Subscribe to us. Give us good reviews wherever you listen. And, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield's been pretty fun so far. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens with the Browns preseason. We'll be back with the next couple weeks to talk more about it. Sounds good. Peace. Peace.